0: fun isn't it what a uh, what a great opportunity that we have to get together in kind of real life and I'm just uh, it's so fun watching you uh, worship Jesus wow it feels like it's been a long time even to be able to join with you in this kind of way I think uh, Ma'an gets the best background award uh, for her little party there fantastic well Uh, this is one of the first times in a very long time that I don't begin a sermon by saying we're continuing our series in Establish. (laughs) I've been saying that for a very long time and it's uh, nice to not have to say that. Uh, We're actually doing kind of a bit of a Vision Sunday. What happened yesterday is we got together as elders, staff, and community leaders and prayerfully sought to discern what is God saying to us as a community in this time? And so what I'd like to be able to do is to um, kind of comment on their reflections and try to summarize what it seems like God is saying to us in this time. It's, I think it's going to be very encouraging for you and it really helped us as a leadership team know how to uh, kind of how to move forward in response to what the spirit of God is doing. So we began by observing some challenges and uh there's at least three there were many that we observed also through the survey which you filled out thank you very much for that uh and it's at least three things that uh we face during this time one is in spite of being in the middle of a pandemic it seems like we're as busy as ever there's just so much going on in our life that it can be quite overwhelming to figure out how does god fit into this how do i participate in church life um How do I read my Bible, let alone reach out to my neighbor? And so there's a real busyness in our life, and it's just the reality that we live in. Um, We also observed that people often, when they reflect on their life and their relationship with God and others, that there's just lots of accusations. And it feels as though we never think that we're doing well enough. That is this picture that God is looking down on us, kind of shaking his head and just hoping that we would get it. And so we kind of live under this cloud of accusation and condemnation. <coughs> Excuse me. Feeling as though we're just never living up to our own expectations, let alone what God would want for us. And finally, there's a sense of anxiety. That uh, the uncertainty that we feel in the world, it, are, is the, are the vaccines going to be really working? What is life going to be like as we look forward to the summer or fall? Um, Am I going to have a job? How am I going to manage even what's going on inside of my own head? There's just lots going on that uh, produces anxiety. And so one of the pictures that we had about what this looks like is that they can kind of feel like Goliath. They're kind of like a giant that intimidates us, almost bullying us. When you look at 1 Samuel 17 The second half of verse 11, it says, All the Israelites were dismayed and terrified when they listened to Goliath's taunting of them. And busyness can kind of feel like a giant. Like, how do I ever, like, stop being busy? Like, what does that even mean? How do I stop feeling anxious? Or the accusations that go on in my head, how do I... I I mean, it's just so easy to just feel overwhelmed and... um, and just under the weight of these kinds of pressures and experiences. And what it seems uh, happens is that these things demand our attention. Uh, Busyness kind of taps us on the shoulder and says, oh, by the way, uh, your life is very hectic and there's nothing you can do about it. I'm just letting you know again today that this is what your experience of today is going to be like. So just set your mind to uh, being exhausted again today. Uh, because that's going to be your reality. Um, we can hear those accusations and those accusations tap us on the shoulder. Like a giant that just says, uh, you'll, you'll always feel condemned. It's just your life experience. It's probably some psychological disorder that you have or something that has happened outside of your control. And it's just what it's going to be like. Anxiety says the same thing. You can't get rid of me. And so we end up feeling terrified and dismayed In the face of these giants that feel looming over our lives. And uh, their goal is to make us uh, to to believe more in them than in God. So busyness says, uh, by the way, um, I'm really the master of your day. God is an I am. I've got a full agenda for you, and you better get to work now. Uh, Accusation says, believe in what I say. Believe in me. It's kind of a face statement, isn't it? Believe that you're condemned. Don't imagine that you'll ever come out from under this cloud. Anxiety says, uh, trust in me. Uh, I am maybe even your friend. It keeps you on your toes, and it keeps you motivated for things. But you need to believe in me. You need to believe, anxiety says, you need to believe in my existence. You need to believe in my power and authority in your life. It may be a strange way to think about it, but I think this is what happens to us. So how do we slay then these giants as David did? How do we, how do we ever defeat these giants that seem to demand our attention, demand our devotion, and make us feel as though there's no way to come out from under their power? Well, he did a very uh, simple but powerful thing. He activated his faith. David chose, in the, in the face of all these, uh, in the face of this giant that is, is demanding submission, he chose to activate his faith in God instead. This is what he says in 1 Samuel 17, again, verse 45. 45. He says, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin. You come against me with with physical things that capture my eyes but i come against you in the name of the lord almighty the god of the armies of israel whom you have defied i don't trust in you i trust in god and i'm gonna activate my faith in god i'm not just gonna confess some things i'm gonna actively step out from fear, step out from anxiety, and uh, and confront these demons in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's what I would like to, uh, to present to you this morning. What if feeling busy, condemned, or anxious are actually demonic attacks? I mean, I, I, when I say it out loud, it's even hard to picture how that could be true, but what if the feeling and maybe even the reality of busyness is actually the enemy in your life filling your life to such a degree that it squeezes out God. Now everybody has a busy life. I'm not trying to say that if you have a busy life that you're you know under demonic power. I'm not I'm not at all that would be ridiculous. But what if the feeling of busyness that just, there's no space to breathe. What if that feeling is actually demonically inspired? What if, and even more clearly so, a sense of feeling accused and condemned, what if that's not a so much, in a sense, a psychological issue, but it's actually a spiritual issue, that is actually demonically inspired, that those things that come against you are not, being generated by you they're being generated by something outside of you coming to condemn you the anxiety what if anxiety is actually a demonic attack what this means is that if we frame these issues in that light then they become giants to be opposed not something to work on um, uh, david didn't go up to goliath and said you know what i'm feeling some uh, like we're a bit out of sorts here, you're quite angry. Very large. And so what I'd like to do is i kind of like to work through with you uh, our relationship so that we could live in harmony together. Wouldn't that be a special thing? No, what did he say? I'm going to defeat you. I don't, I don't work... On, what if we don't work on anxiety? We don't work on accusations or busyness. What if we actually uh, oppose them? And don't think that it's something inside of us we understand the source of where things are coming from. Isn't this radical? We don't have to spend hours working through where that came from. We know where it came from. It came from the pit of hell. And we do not have to submit to the authority of these ideas and agendas. We know that they're defeated when we no longer believe in them. You know we've talked a lot in our church how we all have faith, don't we? The question is what we have faith in, and we know that um, these things that come against us, we know that they 're defeated when in our heart, we no longer believe in them. You know it's easy to go through a day going i just I just believe that today i 'm going to be busy, anxious, and condemned i just I'm, I'm believing that up i 'm setting myself up to endure that kind of day. And David comes along and says, I'm not doing that. I'm actually going to oppose and defeat these things through the power of the living God. And these these enemies defy the peace and joy that is rightly mine in Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to tolerate it. I'm not going to negotiate I'm not going to surrender to their authority. I'm going to defeat their power through the power of the living God. Listen to what Ephesians 6.10 says. It says, Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. How do you resist demonic attack? Through the shield of faith. Through placing our faith in who God is, not in who they are. Not believing in them, believing in God. We are victorious when we trust more in God's sovereignty and sufficiency than in our feelings and circumstances. My friends, this is tremendously practical. I find myself believing in my feelings all the time. They feel like Lord. My feelings feel like my Lord. My circumstances feel like my Lord. Well, we look at the last almost year and a half now. Is it hard? It can feel impossible to not think that um, uh, COVID is directing and ruling our lives. How could we imagine otherwise? But it's been so encouraging. To we went through uh, looking at the survey results. That many of you, thank you for doing that again. That many of you filled out. Very very helpful. And I particularly liked reading the last two where you would write out some comments. And I was inspired by reading uh, how faith has been a struggle, but you have pressed through into believing. So we don't want to minimize the struggle. It's a real issue. Uh, COVID is a real thing, and it really affects us. Regardless of, of what we think about these things, we're all affected by it but there's something powerful happens and i i I read it in your notes that as you faced reality didn't minimize it or pretend that it didn't exist you faced reality but chose to believe in a higher authority than a uh than a a virus and I, i i would listen to the faith in your voice as you described trusting in jesus experiencing patience humility surrender the freedom to love as you believed more that god is great and good than believing in what you would feel or see with your eyes incredible and so uh, as we got together as a as a as a wider leadership team it was really clear that God has already been working in our midst this call to faith you've all, all been working this through already and so we just want to affirm that this is what God is doing and to somehow support and encourage that one of the things that I'll, I'll just say now we'll, we'll talk more in the family meeting in just a minute but one of the things that I'd like to bring to your attention is we're going to be uh, having three different uh series during the summer And uh, as opposed to established, that went on forever. I think we've overreacted and we're going the opposite direction. We're going to have three in one summer. Uh, The first series is going to be on how to read the Bible. In Ephesians 6, 17, it talks about the Word of God being the sword of the Spirit. And so if we're going to defeat these enemies that just intimidate and taunt us and demand our allegiance, we are going to be able to defeat them with the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And so we want to be able to look for three weeks, we've never done this before, three weeks on how to uh, rightly read the word of God in a way that inspires faith and love and right relationship. Then we're going to be looking at one chapter of the Bible, 1 Corinthians 12. And what we're going to be doing as we look at that chapter is how to activate our faith. We're going to be looking at all the different ways that God's made us, and how to activate who God has made us to be in a way that glorifies him and serves the body in our city around us. And then finally, we're going to be looking at 1 Peter. There seems to be some very timely themes inside of 1 Peter. uh, Themes of hope, of godliness, how to be godly in a secular society, how to endure suffering, and how to actually assume Uh, a role of leadership, and to walk in God's authority. Uh, These are all themes that I think are really going to stir our faith and help us know how to walk in the confidence of who Jesus is. So, um, uh, in conclusion, what is the greatest act of faith? If we have these giants of busyness and and, uh, anxiety and accusation, and we defeat them through faith, how do we know if we've won? How do we, how do we know if, uh, if they're still exerting power over us or we're walking in the freedom of the Lord Jesus Christ? The primary way that we know that we are uh, walking in faith is that we're loving God and others. A verse that I think you've heard me say, uh, perhaps ad nauseum, is uh, the only thing that counts is, is faith working itself out in love expressing itself in love so now follow me on this okay to get free from being busy I mean this is just gonna be okay well I'll say it and then we'll unpack it to get free from being busy to get free from feeling accused to get free from being anxious we practice love well this is the opposite of what our enemies say to us, busyness says you can't be loving because you're too busy. You can't be loving because you're way too anxious and you're barely surviving the moment. You can't be uh, you can't be loving because I condemn you with all the sin in your life and faithlessness in your life. There's no way that you can love others. Look at, look at who you are. How radical would it be that the First thing that we would do, Matthew 6, 33, would be to seek God and His righteousness. What is this righteousness? To walk in love. That it takes faith, that in the midst of what feels like a, a life that's way too busy, to choose to love God and to love others in each moment of the day. To choose to trust that He's sovereign and sufficient, that I don't have to be anxious. To choose that through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, I am no longer condemned, Romans 8.1, but I walk in the freedom of the forgiveness of sins. And this is where we start. We don't uh, don't work out these issues. We conquer them by faith in Jesus Christ, and that is demonstrated by loving others. You know, I think of my own life in this regard, and uh, it's a pretty full life. There's lots going on at, at, you know, every level. We have a very full house. Uh, just this weekend, we have uh, three people moving into our house, one person moving out of our house. Uh, we're building a, a laneway in our backyard. In a few weeks, I'm going off to Dubai to, uh, to teach at Every Nation Seminary. Um, I, get to, I get to be a, a pastor in our church community, which is an incredible privilege and uh there's a lot going on um and i you know anyways there's a lot going on and so what i can say is i'm too busy to be loving i mean i want to be loving don't get me wrong but i'm just too busy and what if i don't believe in my busyness i believe that my father has equipped me to be able to love others in this moment oh everything changes Everything changes. I'm not too busy. Anxiety does not need to define me. And I'm not condemned. I don't need to work on it. I oppose it. I reject it by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those things are not true. Jesus is true. and And my freedom in Jesus is expressed in loving others. And wouldn't you know it? as I start to love others in faith, I feel less overwhelmed with my schedule. I feel less condemned, less, con- uh, less anxious, because I am now submitting to a, a, a greater authority, Jesus Christ. So this is what we talked about yesterday, and I've been really excited to share with you that what we want to do in this season is to focus on faith. God's already been doing it in your life, in our community, and we want to fan that flame through the sermon series and through communities and DGs. But to begin, I would like to, for us to demonstrate faith through communion. Now, I don't know if you can Quickly get some, some bread and, and juice. It doesn't, have to be, it doesn't have to look like wine. This is grape juice. It doesn't have to look like wine to, for it to be legal or something. Like it's just, uh, you know, let yourself engage in this moment. Grab a glass of water and a cracker. It's, it's all good. But, uh, but here's what I'd like to say about communion. Communion is an act of faith. What it says is, is that I am believing through practically doing something. What did David do? He, 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 he prayed, but he did more than pray. He ran out onto the battlefield and defeated his enemies, the enemies of God and the enemies of God's people. He act, we're going to actively do something as a demonstration of our confidence in the work of Jesus Christ. This is what faith feels like. It's not, it's not taking a, a, a drink of juice and having a bite of bread uh, as a religious act. No, we're believing that these things represent the work of Christ and we participate in that way. <coughs> Excuse me. So, uh, the Lord's Supper in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 it says for i received from the lord that which i also delivered to you that the lord jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me do this in remembrance of me in my devotions this morning i was reading through uh in first kings elijah on mount carmel um and if you remember the story, those of you who have read it, where he invites all the prophets of Baal, they try, they, put a, they have a sacrifice, um, and they call down Baal to consume that sacrifice with fire. Of course, it doesn't work. Um, uh, Elijah does the same thing, dousing it with water, which was all the water that was in the land because they were in a famine, a drought. And so, uh, and so he calls down, and God comes down in fire and consumes the sacrifice and here's what God spoke to me this morning he said Greg because this has been true I've been I've been discouraged in longing for greater demonstrations of power in my life in my friends and family I just want to see the life and power of God more manifest in our community radical conversions physical healings deliverance from demonic oppression uh, blessing and prosperity i just am longing for these things not even in and of themselves but as a demonstration of the power and presence of god and god spoke to me and said greg um, will you remember what i have done and not just focus on what you think i haven't will you remember what i've done and so i defeated demonic powers on Mount Carmel and we remember now that Jesus Christ defeated sin and its power over our lives and so let's do this now in remembrance of Jesus this is Christ's body broken for you take and eat In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant, new relationship in my blood. Do this often as you drink it in remembrance, remembrance again, of what's already true of me. So we remember the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. We remember that we are no longer condemned. This is what we choose to remember Not only have we been strengthened by the body of Jesus, we've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And so this today is where we put our faith. We don't put our faith in the accusations that run through our mind, in the anxiety. We don't trust in those. We trust in the work of Jesus. And so we take communion as a demonstration of our faith in you. This is Christ's bloodshed for you. Take and drink. This has been, uh, this is a powerful moment for us as a church community that God would be so kind as to clarify what his priority is in this season and in this coming year that we would be people of faith. We're going to uh, move into a time of worship now. Let's continue activating our faith, even in how we would sing a song. Can we do that? So, please, let's stand together. Let's worship Jesus in spirit and in truth. God bless you.